0: I've, I've I've grown allergic to status and recap meetings. I can I cannot stand inefficiencies, and it's not because I'm 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 not OCD. I'm, I'm I kind of like chaos a little bit, and I don't th- I don't mind when sure. things get messy. It's not a it's not a matter of um, being a taskmaster when I think of productivity. When I see lack of productivity, um, I see just missed opportunities. I see a, a I see a culture being built where people aren't able to thrive.
1: The pursuit of of excellence is something we're all striving towards.
0: I want you to focus on what you do
1: best. You need to have an approval. How many approvals? What are the steps? It's really about listening. If it's not documented, it's, it's not done. Thanks for tuning into In Systems We Trust, the show where we dive into all things systems and processes and hear from the professionals that are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. Today, I'm talking with Trey Nicholson. Trey is an experienced startup marketing and technology consultant with a demonstrated history of helping startups and early stage businesses gain traction that counts. Also a startup founder with a passion for digital advertising, privacy, consumer data, and the economics of media. Trey, it is with great pleasure that I welcome you to the show today.
0: Yeah, thanks, Marky. I've been excited about joining you. So look forward to talking. Yeah.
1: yeah, likewise, I'm really looking forward to, you know, talking systems today and talking, you know, work management and all those other things. So, you know, as a founding partner at, at GRIP, you know, what, can you kind of just walk us through what that looks like? What is GRIP? You know, we're talking today because we're, we're aligned in you know, many ways. But what is GRIP? What does your organization do? Who do you help? Just kind of give us some background there.
0: Yeah, glad to see if i can fumble through this yeah so we're, our, our audience is uh, startups um founding teams that are ready to scale um they've kind of their their head down they're probably focused on building a good product but they're starting to maybe they've raised a round of funding um they're starting to build that team and so there's an inflection point that we try to reach out to them and say okay you kind of need some ops people and some ops systems um, and we're a good outsource model for that so we we both give them the staff to help them. And by staff, I mean probably a combination of, think of chief of staff, office manager, executive assistant, all the, the, the team that can basically keep a founder out of the weeds. Um, we provide that staff, but kind of our, our, um, our differentiation is those, that staff is um, hardcore trained in OKRs and productivity and the best practices, they're not just hiring somebody that kind of fits the job description. We are installing what we think of as an operating system that includes both the people to help you run it, um, the processes and and best practices such as OKRs and other kind of goal-driven frameworks and the productivity tools that become the tech stack Mm -hmm. um, that kind of set the groundwork. And so uh, there's some inputs and outputs into the operating system. Um, But at the core, uh, we try and package it all up and say, okay, this is a big checklist off your list. This is going to help you establish culture. Um, A lot of best practices immediately. Your board's going to love it because they're going to see some structure to what you're building and some goals that you're setting. And they're going to know how to follow you and talk to you. Um, that's, That's kind of the general offering, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so why startups then? Is it the fact that you can like get them up and running and get some quick wins in there and help them really establish uh, a ground or, or a baseline, you know, for their operations? Why have you decided to, to you know tap into that section of the market?
0: Yeah, that's probably just my own own background. I, for some reason, I just love that the startup sure. environment. I'm a startup founder myself. Um, for the past mm-hmm. uh, seven or eight years, I've consulted with a firm here in Silicon Valley that. Uh, Keating Consulting Group that basically puts in teams uh, around finance functions, you know, interim CFO, accounting, um, some HR elements. Um, I've just seen that be a great model for startups. That's the territory I'm comfortable with. Um, It's what I get excited about. Um, But I do think, too, um, uh, the startup culture, uh, especially here in Silicon Valley, it's not limited to Silicon Valley by any means. Um, But there is a there is a thought process here of you know, efficiency and productivity and speed and agileness, um, all the things that kind of structured chaos that I just, I just like, and, and it, it tends to, um, I don't know, that kind of kind of fosters in the, in the startup community. So it's just something i its and, and basically my network is growing around startups. So that's almost all I know. I couldn't go into a fortune 1000 company and, and talk the language that, you know, I, I don't speak the language there. So.
1: No, that makes sense. And so, yeah, give me more on your background then. I mean, b- before we really dive right in here, I mean, you, you come from the world of consulting, you come from the world of finance, um, you're at, you know, Keating Consulting Group. Maybe tell me more about that and, you know, ha- what, you know, your your history and your background, you know, has done for you in this, in this venture, in, in what GRIP is offering. Can you maybe give us some more insight on the background there?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um. The Probably the, yeah, the most relevant uh, background that kind of traces the path to where I am now is um, the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, now, first of all, I'm a marketer. I'm not a finance person. I, uh, even at the, the at, at Keating Consulting mm-hmm. with that, that county that, that firm, um, I'm in charge of kind of the broader picture strategies, uh, business development. Um, what do we need to be kind of thing? And how do we form up our own, mm-hmm. our own team? So um, but wor- live, working in that environment, um, just running across, startup founding teams who are trying to raise money, um, who are trying to or maybe they've raised money and they're trying to grow. They're experiencing these growing pains. You just you come in contact with all these problems and solutions on a you know a continuous creative cycle. And um, mm-hmm. that just being able to witness that is kind of informed the way I think about things. Um, the yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've grown allergic to status and recap meetings. I can't I cannot stand inefficiencies and it's not because i'm i'm, I'm not ocd i'm, I'm i kind of like chaos a little bit and i don't th- i don't mind when sure. things get messy it's not a it's not a matter of um being a taskmaster when i think of productivity when i see lack of productivity um i see just missed opportunities i see a, a, i see a culture being built where people aren't able to thrive and and, and people aren't aligned so um just in witnessing that happen, especially as as I most of the time when a founder or a startup team comes to a an interim CFO group, they are uh, if they're not if they're first time founders they come because they want help fundraising. Um, if they're experienced founders, they come because they they already realize what it takes to get fundraising and they know they need good systems to attract good funding and good VC. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's just kind of bearing witness that over the years. Um, and seeing some cool opportunities to help these startups um, at least build this baseline, where they're where they're on, where on top of this baseline, their innovation and their uh, what they're building, they can really focus on the things that matter. And so it's just become important mm-hmm. to me to set that baseline, establish these best practices, get that out of their mindset, and and let them focus on innovation. Um, it's right. just yeah, so that, that's just kind of how I got to my my current thinking is just witnessing that. Um, over the past few years so
1: and how how do those engagements typically go are are you approaching these startups these founders these c-level you know execs and you know kind of talking through the problems that you see as a as a consultant as a systems person um and you know kind of identifying the roadblocks that they could potentially come up against or are, are they coming to you knowing that you're an established Um, subject matter expert in this field? How do those things typically start? And, you know, what what does that process look like for identifying those key clients and working them through to a process or a place where you can say, I can work with you. I have the solution to fix your problems because I know this space.
0: Yeah, it's a mix. Um, I would say that uh, you're, you're certainly more successful and the relationship gets off to a better start if the person coming to you is already aware of the problem. Is already experienced. Already kind of sees they need these systems. They need good books, for instance, in finance, or they need a good financial model on the finance side. Or they need good productivity or OKRs. If they're already kind of in tune with that, and like I said, that's usually an experienced founder. They've already lived that. It's an ex-Googler or an ex-Facebook person who's mm. starting their own thing, and they they're bringing that the need for that structure with them. They know that that's got to be there so that they can innovate. Um, if if you've got a, a first-time founder, you're doing a little more education along the way, and it's a little bit longer sales cycle, a little bit. You know, I, I love working with those type of teams, the first-time founders. But the approach with them is, just look around at what the best practices are that are already established. Don't try and reinvent the wheel here. Let's we've solved this problem. You know, these problems have been solved, and and you want to be, Facebook, Google, whatever. You know, uh, LinkedIn. You want you want to be one of these um, innovative tech you know companies. That's what you want to become. Um, learn from them right now, You know, establish that now early on. And and then you've kind of set the launch pad for what you really want to, to distinguish your startup at. So, it, yeah, it's you have to you know, for my own practice, um, th- there's there's opportunities to to network with, you know, with great like minded firms like Ditto, you know, yourself and Ditto and um, yeah. just establish a little bit of thought. Leadership is, is key to kind of attracting that discussion. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, part of part of your question, I, I kind of want to answer your question a little bit in um, what I find yeah, in, okay. in, in talking with new leads, um, and, and that varies a lot. Um, you know, I, I it's, it's, of course, easier from a, a uh, from a consultant standpoint to talk somebody who's already like minded and, and they're already kind of in tune with what you're selling. Um, that's okay. that's yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if that's a helpful answer or not, but uh, yeah, it varies. It's yeah. kind of my answer no, there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. it absolutely is. And that last part that you said there, I mean, I, in this space, yeah, we're we're kind of doing this in the same thing, you know, more, more than anything, we're peers. And so I think you have to be careful how you approach those leads and how you talk to them because they are savvy, that they, they generally know that they have an issue. And so yeah, I, I was curious as to how you identify that or help them identify that if they aren't there, but it seems like, you know, they pretty much know where they stand and they're, they're coming to you because they need that problem solved, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. And and I think that one thing that, that I try and pay attention to is um, put myself in the shoes of the founder, I, I do have a this, this has helped me over my career, because I am a founder myself. So I kind of understand what they're looking for. And I, right. I'm aware, at least of the stages I went through, and I'm still going through mm-hmm. as a founder and what my needs are. Um, so I try and identify um, different inflection points, different needs, very specific needs they have, for instance, maybe they are looking out to hire A chief of staff. They're running a want that, or they've put a a, you know a notification on LinkedIn that they're looking for an office manager or some ops, some kind of ops help. Um, That's an opportunity if you can figure out a way to. I can figure out a way to get in front of them with, I understand your need. Here's and we can solve that need, but we can solve it with a little bit bigger perspective and solve these other needs that you Mm may have thought of. Yes, hire your office manager. You need that, or you need an executive assistant. Yes, you need that, but that probably indicates that you're in an inflection point where you can take advantage of, uh, and, and solve a few more problems that you're, that you're about to face. Um, let's go ahead and get your culture established. You're about to start hiring, or you're in the weeds operational and you need some backup. Let's build these systems that get you out of the weeds. So you kind of identify what they think they need, and you wanna answer that. You wanna have that solution for them. And maybe that opens up the discussion to the larger solution that you're trying to provide. Um, and you can talk, kind of talk better, bigger benefits. And, and so that that foot in the door it at least gets you in the room where the, you know the room where it happens, and and uh, and now you can talk bigger. You're in the, your position to kind of help them with a bigger solution. That's that's at least my approach is to figure out what's the small need. And that when we start talking traction, that's that kind of lends lend itself. That's what I mean by traction is uh, you've got this big picture. I don't know if we're ready to launch into traction talk, but that's the overall strategy. Take us All, there. Also. Take us
1: there. Yeah. yeah
0: so. OK, so traction just means getting somewhere, right, meaning getting a grip. That, that's the name of our firm, Grip, and, and making these small steps to get somewhere. So you've got this big vision, this big problem you're trying to solve. Um, oftentimes that's overwhelming and you're still in the idea stage. And you you'll you'll serve yourself well if you can back up and figure out what are the small steps I need to solve today, this week to demonstrate traction, because when you demonstrate traction, First of all, you're going to be getting somewhere. That's important, but you're also going to be showing the world you're getting somewhere. And and the world in this case means investors you're talking to, um, team members you're trying to recruit, um, partners you're trying to attract. Um, there's a whole lot of people need to see track. They need to see the train leaving before they get interested in talking to, you, or the train moving at least um, before they you know, and they want to run and catch on, catch the train. So um yeah i'm I'm trying to tie in my own approach to figuring out what type of small they're if they're they're focused on these small steps they need i know there's a bigger picture but i like i like that they're focusing on i just need to hire an office manager i need help and and that's the track yeah
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely and I'm, i'm glad that you went there i mean it if we're looking at your website, like thegripgroup.com, you've put together, you know, this this diagram almost almost looks like a process map where you talk through, you know, your OS, you know, what you need, and th- this for me, um, like you just said, like you see that bigger picture right? But the startups often don't see it. And so, you know, you have tied together how people on ops, marketing, you know, product development, finance, all tie into this bigger picture. So can you walk me through, you know, this a little bit um, more in detail? And what I'm really curious about is when you approach a startup, like you have this big picture, you have this roadmap of where you know that they should go. You've done it, it's tested, it's, it's, you know, uh, been proved over and over again. Do you ever have issues with Getting the founder to align with your vision of where you think they should go, based on your experience, or does walking them through the traction or Grip OS help to alleviate any of that uncertainty? Um,
0: that's a good question. Um, first of all, let me put out there that a lot of you know, Grip OS is just my marketing wrapper on me my thoughts on best practices sure. and, and they change. I mean, I'll find something new next month that I want to incorporate yeah. into yeah. what our firm is offering. Right. So um, I haven't invented anything. I've just wrapped it into this thing that helps me talk about it. And the the sure. kind of the diagram you're referring to on our homepage, um, it it just reflects the way I think about things that you've got to have. Yes, you need we, we talk about four forms of traction. Um, there's team, product, market and finance. Um, I've just developed a good network of um, professionals and, and groups and other firms that are really good at establishing traction on those three aspects. And sometimes cool projects come along where I can pull two or three of them together and, or sometimes a, a client needs traction in all four. Um, the purpose of that, that diagram is not to, it's not really prescriptive. It's more just, let me frame how we're going to talk about this. When, when I, when I want to talk to you about traction, here's what, what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, uh, you need traction but traction works a lot better when you've got at the core this culture of productivity um goals being aligned um it all, it all kind of you want to tie in every every aspect you reach out or you try to get traction in needs to tie back to your your core mission and so that that diagram is just me a way of really talking to an engineer who's usually a founder they've got some great invention or a code or a, a piece of hardware or AI, whatever the latest fad is, um, it's usually an engineer, and I'm trying to present this in a way of install this. There's inputs, there's outputs. It's a black box. It's something you understand, Mr. Engineer. Um, it's not a soft science. Um, you can actually set up these systems and and see the results, um, measurable results, if you'll if you'll plug this in. And so, yeah, that that diagram on the home page is just it frames, you know, how I talk about it, but it also tries to present to a logical thinking, engineer, founder, how you should think about perhaps some of these softer skill things you're going to run into needing um, as as you scale, as you grow. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, again, I, I, there's nothing special about the, you know, Grip or the Grip OS. There's firms out there that do what we do. It's just my
1: way of, of talking about it, I guess. So, yeah. I think what's special is the fact that you've coined something though, and like we're talking about systems like that's a repeatable process so i wouldn't downplay it too much uh it, it's pretty impressive so yeah i recommend go to thegripgroup.com and check that out so can you take me through the process then so you're sitting down um you've done some kind of audit discovery you got your first conversations going how are you walking your founders through this because like for us at Ditto, we have you know four areas that we'll go in and through our audit, we'll take a look at you know ops, um, leadership. We'll look at tech, the software they're using. We're looking at what's happening on the financing side, whether it be through invoicing and billing or you know anything like that. And then we're looking at people, so how we're onboarding, how we're um, managing our people, how we're um, tracking success for our people, and then based on that we come back with recommendations, high level recommendations on what um, systems could look like, what processes could look like, and how tech could integrate kind of all of that so we can move towards something that is more repeatable, more sustainable, right? So what does your process look like when you do actually engage and how are you identifying those you know, key areas that you need to analyze and, and address and then ultimately improve their systems?
0: yeah um it sounds we, we probably take a, an approach that sounds pretty similar to yours there's just kind of an intake form just some mm-hmm. standard questions we ask that you know where are you where are you trying to go um and that that helps us if, if mm-hmm. we're of course framing that up to help them set their goals and their okrs um, but we're also getting a sense of uh you know what's your starting point do you have some systems in place mm-hmm. um you know it, it's one of the things that i think uh, you you i don't know if you I, i'm curious to hear how you actually implement Gathering this information because we have sure. we have an Asana template, yeah, um, and it's a checklist yeah. of things. And sometimes we have to prune it if it's not relevant. You know, we have a basically a standard template. We'll prune it, right fit it for the client. Um, but that yeah. is the point where we start. Uh, I, I hate I don't like email. Um, I, I don't like misused okay. email. Let me put it that way. I don't like email becoming a silo sure. and a, a communication blocker. Um, we plug our clients into Asana immediately. If you're coming on board you're going to now be invited to this team. You're going to start being assigned things out of, you know, even in our onboarding process. And, um, that's, that's, so we, we try and, you know, not just eating our own dog food, that's just the most effective way to get them plugged into an onboarding, start to see the benefits of some of these, this work management systems. Um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of jumping into specific, uh, the way we actually jump into day one implementation is uh it's templated it's systemized and it's it's always changing right we I'll, I'll add you know two to three new things to the potential checklist next week probably if, if i if i think it's relevant or but you always you mm-hmm. don't want to go in too rigid either um that, that's important it, this is a structure there's some best practices built in but you got to listen to the client you got to figure out where they are what is their appetite right now you know is it already somebody who said yeah i love this give me more give me more or is it somebody that you feel kind of backing off and feeling overwhelmed you need to be able to adjust. Um, right. But again, I always uh, you know, I, I'm appreciative of their big picture. But I try and uh, impart on them how important it is to do something this week. You know, what, let's let's right. make this week a success. How do we define success? How do we get traction? And um, that's just kind yeah. of the, the, the my mindset with any problem I, I solve is that is how do we? Yes, I understand where we're trying to get what's tomorrow. What are we doing today and tomorrow? So yeah, um, and I think our onboarding process approach. reflects that
1: yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Good. I love that approach. And that goes back to what I was saying about those quick wins, right? It's like, what can we do to come in right away and really change things for you? I mean, the, the client sees the value right away. Right. And you, yeah. you build that trust. Right. And then you help them get out of the weeds that much faster. I mean, so for us, as far as the process goes at ditto, yeah, we sit down and we go through a paid engagement. So it would be like an audit. Um, we do, you know, um, a couple calls with them, we go through, look at all their tech, look at their SOPs and kind of identify like you, where are you at, right? And then we come back with a, a scope of work after that and we take them through our deep dive, which is a series of interviews with all of their, their team members, departments, whatever it may be, documenting and pulling a lot of that information out of them and asking, you know, what's not working? Throughout all this, right? You know, yeah. where do you feel that the roadblocks are within your specific department? So we listen, gather all that information. We design a framework that you know we think makes sense as far as where does the tech fit, what SOPs are needed, who's responsible, um, who is just overseeing, you know, what approvals are needed, where yeah. are they needed. A lot of that happens in Asana, which is great. And what we find um, the issue is, you know, going in and engaging with a lot of Agencies, which is primarily who we work with, um, is that everyone has their kind of ideals of how um, they work, right? Like, so there are silos put up immediately where some people like specific um, work management platforms, some people like Dropbox, other people's like, um, you know, Google Drive or something like that. And then there are just different understandings of where the work happens. And so, obviously, for leaders, right, we don't have a shared understanding of where a project is at. Um, there's this like common theme that I talk about quite a bit called work about work, right? Yeah, where, instead of working that. on this skilled work that we're hired to do, that our clients are paying us to do, we spend time in the weeds trying to figure out where things are, what the status of a project is. And so through this deep dive, we uncover all of that, we give them a framework for what it could look like, and then we assign a timeline for actually putting it together. And then there's ongoing support after the yeah. fact. But, um it's so important to really and what we found to be really beneficial is to talk to those different departments because when you sit down with the founder in your case you're talking to startups you're getting one side of the picture right you're getting one person to say this is what i want done but then it all falls apart when the team is not you know um adopting to the software we're using they don't understand the process it's confusing they haven't been brought into the process either and they're just being told what to do right so um, for us, it's really helpful to hear from the other people, you know, kind of around um, and, and bring them around the table at the end of it. So,
0: yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. Um, and and what, oh, actually, if I could just kind of piggyback on that, that's when we first talked and I yeah, sure. I, I kind of heard your approach and your philosophy on us, like minded. In fact, in yeah. my head, I'm thinking, OK, Ditto's just become part of our onboarding for, you know, for future clients that, you know, right. that, that's got to be required. And so, yeah, I love your philosophy on work about work. I'm um, just pointing out the efficiencies and just the you probably you probably use um, more nuanced language. I just call it dumb At work. It, it annoys <laughs> me to see work work. work. Right. Yeah, I just I get annoyed yeah. um, and I'm, I've gotten better about hiding, you know, and being patient. But um, yeah. but these quick wins that you're talking about, it gets these it becomes a habit. They they start to get in the habit yeah. of seeing and, and traction becomes that's track. They start to feel traction. And and so every mm-hmm. time they define a goal, they start they get in the habit of defining what's the quick win we're after. Um, it's like bowling or mm-hmm. putting. I don't know if you bowl or you golf, but you don't really at that 15 golf. foot putt you don't look at the hole. You line up the hole, mm-hmm. you figure out the read on the green, and then you figure this the spot three feet out in front of you that you need to hit. Or, or, or bowling. Is that how people. you do it? Yeah, that's how you do it. If if you I'm sure you've been bowling. Okay, you see okay. the triangles in front of you. Don't look at the pins. Yeah, yeah. Look at the triangles. Right. In front of you they're they're the guys so yeah, i kind of i don't want to use that metaphor in my head mm-hmm. all the time you know what's our what are we putting at that's, really
1: mm. that's a really great metaphor yeah just yeah. on the golf thing for a second i i've yeah. been golfing for a long time kind of on and off but last summer right. i really took a liking to it i mean we're in lockdown obviously and so i probably went out like a dozen times you know yeah. um it's did a just, nine or an 18 a couple it's times a stupid game in like, it it's just, you know, it's stupid a way to game, way to, way to ruin just, a walk yeah yeah yeah, exactly. But maybe I'll take some pointers from you as we uh, as we keep chatting. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk more about OKRs, because I know on your website, like um, I've read um, Measure What Matters by John Doerr, and you know yeah. you have that on your website as well. And so a lot of what you're doing, you're helping these startups to establish those OKRs. Um, what are your thoughts, I think, like on the whole system? How do you approach it? How do you make sense of it? Um, and how do you break it down to these teams? Because we know that for OKRs to work really well, um, we have to have the company organization. Where are we going? What's important from a mission value, um, standpoint. And then there are, or there can be, I should say, you know, department or team OKRs. And so how, how are you breaking that down with, um, sorry, between the founder, teams, departments, and all the people to make it all come, come together. Can you walk us through that a bit?
0: Yeah, um, I think there's there's a lot set out there and you, you can Google kind of the approach, what works and what doesn't. If you're dealing with a large organization and they've already kind of got their established silos, their ways of working, it's highly recommended that you when you roll out OKRs, you start with kind of a pilot approach. You figure out either the, the department mm-hmm. or maybe or maybe it's the executive level. They try it for a quarter to work out the bugs. People around them see it working. They they kind of buy in without being introduced to it right away. Um, there is a smart way to introduce OKRs to a large organization. Um, my audience is generally a little bit earlier than that. Um, perhaps the beginning of some of these silos have, and departments have started to form engineering, maybe marketing and sales. Um, but as far as selling the OKRs and implementing them, um, I tend, at least we have the opportunity most of the time to get them early enough where it can be company wide. Um, and so the, the challenge for us actually becomes on the other end, we're too small to need OKRs right now. You know, we, we don't have these these problems. And so my it's not I'm not a, I'm not really setting up pilots in, in an organization trying to get adoption in a large organization, I'm trying to get adoption into a small enough organization where they don't think they need this yet. Or they don't see the, the need. And I have mm-hmm. to say, you don't need it as badly yet. yet. Um, but I don't care if your team is three or five, I guarantee you at that table you're sitting, you know, and the, the kind of the measure is once you get big enough and not everyone can fit at the table, you start meeting some of these goals and, and productivity systems. I think it's before that. I think if you're if you're sitting a team of three to five, um, if you're assuming that everybody's on the same page, that you're all thinking about the same, you know, same goals, you're probably wrong. You're probably projecting, you're probably making assumptions that are unhealthy. <clears throat> and I promise you when that sixth or seventh or eighth person comes to the table, you're making some unhealthy assumptions. And so now's the time, even at this stage, even if it's OK or light, even if it's just milestone, really simple key results, even if it's, you know, the key results are very elementary, set them and get in the habit of setting them now. So <clears throat> most of my convincing is not, you know, um, how to do a successful implementation at a large organization. It's, it's how to implement early and, and keep it where they don't get in the way. They don't become a burden. Um, they become a tool and a way of giving direction to a small team that can now scale. So usually part of, you know, the sales pitch for me is to convince them that at some point you're going to hit something. You're going to hit an inflection point where you need to grow fast and you're going to raise some money. You're going to have to start hiring people. You're going to have to start hiring the right people. You got to have a, a, a system in place and the culture in place. It needs to be in your DNA early and you're ready to grow. And even if
1: hmm.
0: you're, you run into founders who think, yes, I don't need it. I don't need it right now. I can fix it later um, because, you know, Silicon Valley, it's, you know, cash is king. Um, I need to save the cash. I need to make it, you know, my runway. I got to keep my eye on our runway. That's very valid. And it's very valid sometimes to think I can fix my operational problems later, just like I can fix my technical debt, you know, you get coding gets messy and there's there's a thing called technical debt that needs to mm-hmm. be fixed. <clears throat> you put that off too too late and it's, it's expensive to fix. But of course, you're thinking, well, that's mm-hmm. that's a problem for later. Same kind of comes with productivity and operational debt or cultural debt. Okay. I can fix it later. Um, yes, you can fix it later. It's going to cost you and maybe, yes, you're, if you're able to raise, you're going to spend somebody else's money fixing it. That's fine. But while you're fixing mm-hmm. that, you've got a competitor who already fixed it, that that did do it right. And they're now scaling faster than you and they're hiring the best people and they're getting the best customers and you're falling behind because you put this off. so I like to think it's yes, just solve the debt. Don't don't go too into debt. Don't, you know, uh, technically with your code and operationally with your with your your systems, get it solved now and be ready to scale because your your investors, your board is going to expect you to have answers for this um go ahead and assure them early you're set up for this and and so that's part of what you know of course pitching grip again is um we we can install that for you let you you know we let us provide not just the people but the processes and that's you know it kind of tied back to your your question about onboarding we don't just come in and and build this system and make these suggestions and and hand you spreadsheets and the thing we're actually going to put in the people you know become part of your team and help you run this quarter to quarter for years out if we can stick around. And so we kind of talk about just install this early. and that's.
1: Okay.
0: that's our approach at least of simplifying it for them. make it making it important to them early.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, makes a lot of sense. I have two questions out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them I probably should have asked earlier, but, you know, um, you're talking about like getting started early and, you know, working with um, these startups, you know, will you work with startups that are at, are at a certain stage as, as, you know, as far as their their funding goes? First question, and then I'll ask the other one afterwards.
0: Yeah, um, I, I have a problem that I can't turn down any startup to some degree. I want to, you know, I, I'm just I want to help, but um, I, I would be cautious uh, if, if it's a, if it's a single person, um, a single founder, or a team of two or three. And they're really just uh, they and their definition of traction at that stage should be building the focus on the product, get product market fit, do some experiments, do some agile kind of experiments in the market and, and keep iterating until you can claim or feel, feel good about mark, product market fit. Um, that,
1: that's more or less where I was going. Sorry, I should have explained yeah. it further. But yeah, like, would, would you work with them at a certain stage, you know, around like their funding or like, making sure that they've worked out a lot of these early, you know, stage startup, you know, um, kinks, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we I could plug in usually, um, if they've got the cash, and they've got the, the I, I say, when I say cash, I don't mean that. I, I just mean if they've got the funds, sure. if, if it's not going to be hurtful to them to their runway to bring them someone like grip to help them with that. We're we're there for them. But a lot of times at that stage, I'm perfectly comfortable saying You don't quite need us yet. Um, Call me. I want to talk to you about it. We can, you know, but there's, I can point you to this book, this resource. Get your traction going. We shouldn't be part of your traction right now. Um, Know we're here. I want to sell you when you need this. I want to be the person you reach out to um, because we've got the solution when you reach that stage. But I'd rather at that stage, just set them up for, get the, get the right type of traction need, you know, you need now to, to be, you know, it's going to, Get you to that next milestone don't get distracted okay. too early with having your systems and your erp lined up and your crm installed and your sales processes and your maps that's probably a little premature that you know um, so you know, there's their timing is is important um okay. but i do i guess in my pitch i'm just trying to make it important to them to think of it think of these systems earlier productivity earlier and not later uh when it's too late um, okay. it should become a, a priority okay. at some stage so it, it varies it depends on the the team, their trajectory, what kind of traction they already have. Um, but there's usually a graceful way to fit in to their growth that benefits them and, and makes sense to everybody. So.
1: Got it. Yeah. And getting back to OKR is like when it comes to setting them with, with, uh, these teams, like w- what is that sweet spot? You know, how many should we have? How many key results we're tracking against? And then, you know, how often are we updating them or even re- reviewing them to see if they need to be updated? Um, how do you usually walk people through, you know, setting up those OKRs and establishing where they're going to start?
0: Yeah, I lean on best practices that is that, is, that have already kind of been established. Um, set your OKRs. OK- yeah. Good to have big, hairy, audacious goals. That you need to have that. You need to mm-hmm. change the world, right? That has to be out there. That's step one. What is your mission? Mm-hmm. Because that's going to inspire people, inspire your team long term. You have to have that that true north, that that star that that everybody's working towards. Um, for your OKRs, yeah. you want to get a little more specifics. Probably quarterly that you set an objective, mm-hmm. and then you set up your your key results to to measure um, measure that quarterly and adjust those quarterly. Yeah. But it can be depending on what you're doing. Could even I, you need to do weekly updates to the status and the and the key and the and the key results. Um, we kind of like to integrate a little bit of OKR thinking with a little bit of uh, Scrum and Agile, kind of all, all these things and this kind of hybrid thing. You want these, you want to yeah. get structured about your feedback system. It needs to become, it needs to become addictive, you know, as a founder, as a CEO, once you start yeah. seeing the results of these um, feedback sessions and how it helped you at some point um, realize an opportunity you need to pursue or avoid an error that you almost made, you know, a, a mistake you almost made, uh, it becomes addictive, yeah. it becomes your, you, it becomes your dashboard and that we're, we're big on dashboards too, course, it all needs to feed right. this, this overall view. And if you don't have a system in place that's gathering the data, these are the inputs. That's the you know the metrics, the 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 APIs that you need to tie into and feed this dashboard. You know hard data. Um, there's check-ins that needs to happen weekly, almost real time, um, if, if possible. But as far as OKRs, uh, back to your question, quarterly is fine yeah. usually. Um, and you kind of set your uh, your stretch goals. Your you know there, there's different approaches to setting those OKRs, and it kind of depends a lot on the culture. Um, but yeah, OKRs are pretty much quarterly, your, your KPIs. I would say two or three, okay. really at early stage, you could, there's going to become something that's the most important thing for the quarter. And if that's true, make mm-hmm. it the only thing you focus on that quarter, get that traction, be able right. to, you know, um, You know, it, it, the most one of the most powerful things about any any goal-driven um, discipline is knowing what to say no to. And what is it? I love yeah. this, I love that it's Stephen Covey, I think you said the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. it. Right. So that, that type of focus that can only come in. It's uh, I even personally, I have trouble. Sometimes you know, I've got so many things I'm working on. I'll come to my own personal mm-hmm. OKRs and I've literally got them in a sauna at the goals level. And I go, yeah. what, what did I say? Yeah. I'm going to try and do this quarter cause I just got distracted last week and, you know, I got pulled away and I need to get back on track. So, um,
1: cool. And what and what's the advice you give to founders to get their team to buy in, right? Because like for us, we, we do the same thing. We have three objectives per quarter. They're in a sauna. They're at the goal level, right? And then we have underneath that um, our our key results. So what are we going to measure against? Right. And then in our quarterly leadership meetings, we're saying, how are we doing? You know, we're looking at this stuff monthly, looking at it all the time. And what I like about the Asana platform is that you can tie in the projects that your team is working on so you can see how we're tracking against that that bigger goal. So, I mean, I just got off a performance review with one of our staff members and they said that they wanted to feel, you know, more like they were a part of something, like they were growing something. So Mm -hmm. we're working on projects as a team that ultimately are leading us to being able to achieve our revenue goals. Our, you know, clients, you know, success and retention goals, right? Our, our culture goals, right? And so, like, that's how we kind of tie it in, where we can bring the people in and say, this is where we're going, this is the vision, this is where, you know, I've set out where we want to go. This is how you tie into that. This is going to be your contribution. So, how do you pass that down to these founders of these startups that have a million things that they're balancing? Um, They have a board to answer to. They have stakeholders to answer to. They have a team to answer to. They have their job that they're fighting for, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get them to bring it down to their team where they can be inclusive rather than saying, hey, follow me or get off the bus? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, um, well, a couple of things kind of popped in my head. First, um, I I don't know if it's me being lazy or effective, but I I rely on the credibility. I I borrow the credibility of OKRs. I I, I talk to a founder and say, Mm -hmm. look, you don't have to believe me. Um, just just do a little research. Right. I can show you. I can show you OKRs. It, when OKRs fail, when the implementation of OKRs and they do fail, but it can just about always be tracked back to um, either lack of top level buy-in. It just wasn't important enough to push to 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 gain gain to catch hold in the organization. Um, it's got to become important to that that founder. And so there is a little bit of um, I lean heavily of. No, here's what you want to be. Here's how the people before. You you got there don't reinvent the wheel let's let's tie into what already works let's adapt it as it needs to be adapted for you for sure and let's let's adapt it as it um, as it's going to work best for your team for sure there's there's you know different flavors of sauce you can put on top of okrs that make it more palatable to people um, but, sure. but but you've got to you've almost got to become unflinching uh, goal-driven um, a goal-driven I don't want to say taskmaster that's the wrong that's the wrong approach i kind of think of these systems as the, the there's true justice and meritocracy in your team if you mm. zealotly enforce productivity and visibility um i've seen i've seen very often where even even working in asana like if asanas your limp and i i lean on asana for a lot of the teams and um there's 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 a controller at, at, the, the, at the finance consulting group very soft-spoken extremely capable, extremely soft spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, but and those are the type of people that are so valuable to your team at some stage, but you may not see them all the time. They're not vocal. They're not opinionated, they, they tend to, to be a little quieter, but they are so valuable. And if you if and, and this one person because she is so organized and visible in Asana, you can't miss her, she's just quietly effective. And if you don't, right. if you don't have these systems, in play, if your culture is going to miss that, If you don't have these systems in place, your culture is going to miss that. She's not going to be on your radar screen. I mean, if if you want to see what what she's working on, what she's accomplishing, what her blockers are, you can log in and see. You don't even have to go Mm -hmm. across the room and talk to her. She's she's that visible and she she and her whole team is effective that way, too. So I don't know. I just I would say it's not you're not really it's not top down enforcement. It's it's creating a culture of meritocracy where people can thrive and and their work can shine. Um, That's another. You know, not just getting work done, that's important. But as far as your culture, it's got to be there to, to, to build, you know, that productivity needs to be part of your culture. And it's not just get things done. This is, you know, it's not, it's not being a taskmaster. It's, it's building an environment where people can align to the goals. They can know what they're supposed to be working on. They can see how they're contributing. They understand the bigger picture, but it's also a, a system where they can shine. It's documenting and, and really uh, shining, you know, tracking their, their growth to a certain degree,
1: so. Yeah. Oh, I love that answer and you may have just said it, but like when it comes to, um, you know, implementing either systems in in organizations or implementing or rolling out OKRs, what do you think is one thing that founders or leaders in business are not considering? You know, what are they missing? What are they often overlooking? Is there anything else that we may not have identified yet?
0: Um, I think you hit on it. One of my favorite things is, uh, and, and I love I don't want to keep plugging Asana. That's only there a lot of good work management tools out there. But Asana is the one I think, of course, you favor and I favor. But um, I'm a big fan of tying the work to the goals. And I love it. I love that mm-hmm. the system um, can set my goals. Um, people can see that the tasks that they're assigned in Asana, they can see a due date, they can see um, the description, they can see the team, they can see the stakeholders that are following that task. Um, but they can also mm-hmm. see how does this contribute uh, to the goal of the company, the goal set this quarter to the to the key results I'm supposed to be paying attention to. Um, I lost track of the question there because I got I got down a rabbit trail there. But um, that's no, it's as, OK.
1: Key, I, was, one, I was just saying,
0: yeah, I was going to the two things that popped into mind in your question were setting the goals right. You've got to take some time to set up the right goals and the right KPIs that mm-hmm. are going to mean something that are stretched but achievable, some kind of mix of those those two dualities at the same time, but also make sure there's yeah. a clear path of tying the work I'm doing today to the goals we're trying to reach. Um, and not everything, not every task you see in Asana, not every task you're, you're doing every day is going to go toward the KPI um, or toward right. the, the objective. There's some health metrics and some other things or some housekeeping you've got to do. Um, but if you're figuring out that only 20% of the work I'm doing is not going towards goals. And if that's company-wide, your, your goals aren't right or you're, you're not being productive, there's, there's some things, that's a, that's a red flag. You need to jump in and, and fix something there.
1: I love that. And I know we have been talking a lot about Asana. I'm not mad about it at all. If I could talk about just Asana all day, I absolutely would. But yeah. I, I know that you're not software or I, sorry, I, I know that you're software agnostic. And so can you kind of talk through your, your tech stack a little bit? You know, how you stay organized yourself? Um, what's your go to for implementation? You know, how are you staying organized and getting through your day? What are those pieces of software look like?
0: Yeah, um, my own personal uh, tech stack uh, is, is Asana heavy. Um, that's, that's the tool I'm using now. Now I I have, you know, I explored, we, you know, one of the, the approaches we take is we try and stay kind of agnostic, we have our, our favorites, we have our suggestions. Um, but work management is a, is a key. That's a core component for any, any implementation we go into. I don't, you know, if you're using Trello and and a lot of times that, uh, if you're engineering focused, um, you may, your team may be more of a JIRA or a Trello or a pivotal tracker based work management mm-hmm. and that's that's fine there's no need to unplug that or untangle you from that Th- those can be adapted and, and used um there's so as long as you've got a good work management level um that's for me that's the central that's the central part now on top of that there's some really cool okr um development and tracking tools you could layer on top um okay uh, now i, I I've, I've only explored these um there's you know things like ally and better works and I shouldn't have started the list because there's there's a long list of a good dozen That's things so you can many. choose for OKR. Yeah, OKR management. I would even throw Asana into the mix now as they've layered their goals. They got a good goals layer and it's mm-hmm. it's a good beginning. And um, and it, it doesn't affect okay. even if I don't like I don't think the interface is that pretty yet. I'm sure they're working on that. And the, sure. Um, I think yeah. I think goals need to be. I, I like when goals are um, shown to a team in a little more inspiring format. You know, it's a diagram. It's something yeah. a little pretty. It needs to be pretty. You need to pay attention to that because you are building dreams when you're talking about goals. And so, um, it's I better, it's better than a just list one. I'm sure they'll, they'll get there. Or there's going to be third parties that can provide that, but I still kind of tie back to the more important part is tying the goals to the work. Um, so that, that's hard for me to let go of, and Asana does a good job of that. And so that that's become yeah. core to, to our work is that connection between the, you know, the, the goals driven culture and the work being done. Um, there's on outside of the core work management system, there's other systems and things in the tech stack, like like, just QuickBooks online or zero for the, for the books, um, bill.com, uh, I'm thinking in the finance area right now, bill.com, Expensify. Um, I like to take at least in the early stage, a kind of best of breed approach, make sure that every tool you choose is really good at what it does. You're going to get adoption. It's going to be efficient, but it has to have an API that's talking to the other systems. Um, you know, yeah. so so on the finance side, you know, a general good tech stack is Bill.com, Expensify, QBO, or some variant of those three, kind of talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to tie it to a, a dashboard. Um, the dashboard of my choice right now is uh, Grow. Um, Grow does a really good job right. of it's just a little bit of data warehousing, a little bit of um, of data formatting. You know, ETR. Yeah. I've forgotten. I've get my acronyms mixed up but and a, and, a, and a light layer of a presentation but it, it does a good job of just kind of doing all those three so I like to you know and, and the connection that overlays your your marketing data from your APIs like Google Analytics uh, Facebook ads um, Shopify you know all these these data sources that yeah. start maybe a, a silo it, it pulls together data from the silo it can overlay it so you're seeing how does web traffic work you know change to shopping cart activity, um, you can kind of overlay that we just ran this new um, campaign we're spending this much what kind of traffic are we seeing overlay that how's that converting to um to sales how's that converting to revenue uh how's that converting to work right. in asana you know so it's pretty cool when you start building all these kind of uh best of breed tools and you start tying them go via their apis into a um you know uh a unified look. This is your dashboard. It's literally how, you, how you're how you driving the company. Imagine driving your car without your dashboard. You're going to have a hard time.
1: And this is exactly why I love having these conversations. Yeah. There's so much to unpack. Um, there's so many different options as far as software. I think something that you said just to, um, just to wrap it up is have the tools, put them through their paces. I yeah. think, you know, it's important to try them out and see how they work in your organization as well, because, you know. Um, I know I'm guilty of that you know, shiny object syndrome, right? You see something and you want to jump on it, but it, it's not always about the tool. It's how you use it and adopt it. And the fact that your team does adopt that tool. So yeah, the fun part um, about your as and my job, up
0: here, sorry, the fun part about your and yeah. my job is it's our job to evaluate some of these tools, right? Yeah, we get the shiny objects. Exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll explore the shiny objects for you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and make, and recommend make the best ones. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: So. That's it. Where can people hang out with you? Where where are you online? Where where can they get in touch with you?
0: I'm Trey, T-R-A-E at thegripgroup.com. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm out there, social media. um, Feel free to link up, uh, Uh, T-R-A-E. I spell my name a little funny. I guess you'll show that in the the credits and all that, but uh, I spell it right. Everybody else has Nicholson wrong. uh,
1: It's all good. Okay, thanks so much, Trey, for being on the show. Like like I said earlier, I can talk about this all day, and maybe we'll actually have, have to have a part two. We'll just have you come back. At That'd some be point. great.
0: And, and I'm going to hold you. You've offered to come on my show, too, the group show, and we'll talk. We'll continue over there, too. I have. If you're yeah. I'm going to hold
1: you Let's to do it. it. So, Let's yeah. do it. Let's continue the conversation. Well, thanks so much. It was good. We'll chat soon. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Marky. Talk to you soon.
1: If you like what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and follow on your preferred channel. If you know of a friend or colleague that would benefit from hearing this conversation, please share it with them so that we can reach more listeners just like you. As always, all the links from today's talk will be in the show notes. And remember, if it isn't documented, it didn't happen. We'll see you next time.